0: Welcome on and Joe Giglio's show, reacting to a dominant, I mean a dominant effort by the Eagles, 35-10 over the Tennessee Titans. Look, this Eagles team continues to check every single box. Lots to get to in this episode. I want to touch on the dominance, how this Eagles team is winning, and really the fashion that looks to me like a team that can and will win a championship. This is what Super Bowl teams look like. We'll get to Jalen Hurts and, and what he's accomplished, which is just... I almost don't think we're talking enough about it. Jalen Hurts going from where he was a year ago to where he is now. This is the greatest season we've ever seen an Eagle have. This is an MVP caliber season. I believe he should be number one right now in the MVP odds. We'll get Jonathan Gannon, who I I said last week on WIP, is a good defensive coordinator. He continues to show that he is. Penalties, what the heck was that on offense? I mean, that was just so sloppy. That's got to change. The special teams approves, and we'll look at the NFC hierarchy race for the one seed, the Niners with a big injury to Garoppolo, and now Brock Purdy as part of our daily conversation. But let's start with the dominance, 35-10. And really, if the Eagles don't kick themselves in the foot with so many of those penalties, what what is the score of this game? This game was not even close. The Eagles outgained the Tennessee Titans 453 to 209. They threw it for 386 a week after running it for 350. This is the most complete team in the NFL. It is the deepest team in the NFL. And every time we get a little upset or worried like, oh, they're only doing this, they're only running, they're only passing, they could do whatever they want. Whatever the Eagles have to do to win the game, they do it. Whatever the weakness of the opponent is, they exploit it. They have an offense right now that is slump-proof. Even on their poorest day this year in Indianapolis, where they only had three points after the fourth quarter, they still have two, two big touchdown drives to win the game. I, I just don't foresee. them, I and they have injuries here. Quez Watkins now banged up with the shoulder. They're missing Dallas Goddard for the better part of a month now. You know, they've had issues uh, at different spots, the offensive line hasn't been, you know, completely healthy. Kelsey's been a little banged up. Dickerson since the summer banged up. You know, they, they've they've had some issues here and there throughout the season. It doesn't matter with this quarterback at the helm and with this offense, with this ability to run and pass the ball at a at an elite level, they can't be stopped. They have a floor that is extremely high. I would I would say their floor is the highest floor of any offense in the NFL. Week to week, I count on them to score a good amount of points, and they did it today. The defense outstanding made Derrick Henry look pedestrian. The defensive line dominated. These two corners are excellent. The Eagles play and win like a championship team. You think about the NFL right now. You think about the Eagles and what they are and and really the the context of what they've done at 11-1 now. They're not a good team. They're an outstanding team. They've been nearly perfect now for 12 games Offense, run or throw at a dominant level. The defense just made Derrick Henry look like some guy off the street. They've once its injuries started piling up. This is what Super Bowl champions look like. And we have to kind of move off uh, of, well, they're good, but they're not great. No, this is a great football team. This is a great football team that is very, very deep and just took, I mean, the, the Titans, the people were worried about this game, worried about the Tennessee Titans 35 10. This wasn't even close. And any really part of the game, he thought after the first quarter, the Eagles would lose this game. And of course, a big story today with the victory was the A.J. Brown you know, revenge game. And, and you got to feel good for A.J. Brown, who, you know, the Titans didn't want to pay him. B- bottom line, like we could talk about he said, she said, whose fault it is. It's pro sports. I mean, this stuff happens all the time. Players get traded. Teams don't want to give him the contract they want. Disputes, all that. They drafted this guy. You know, we had Buck Rising on, on the evening show last week, Sports Talk host down in, in Nashville, and he said, you know, A.J. Brown is the best receiver the Titans have ever had. You know, he's the best receiver this franchise has had in, in history. And they let him go. They, they didn't think he was worth the money he asked for. He comes to the Eagles here, and he has been anything you could have expected or dreamed of A.J. Brown. He's He's been that. He has been a remarkable big play uh, player for the Eagles. The chemistry with Jalen Hurts, I mean, that – I mean, really threw three touchdowns to him. The one they called it incomplete because his foot, hit, you know, it was incomplete. His foot hit the um, the line there. But the deep passing game to AJ Brown, opening up the middle of the field to AJ Brown, opening up the left side of the field to AJ Brown, it is one of the best combinations in the NFL. It's one of the best combinations in Eagles history. And AJ Brown, you know, I got a message um, from a listener asking if I thought he was better than Terrell Owens, and so my answer is no. I, I don't think he's better than T.O. But the fact that we're posing these kind of questions shows how excellent AJ Brown is. He's not not good. He's excellent, and he's such a unique player. To one of the best athletes I've ever seen on a football field. You know, he could run by you with those long strides. He could also outmuscle you for the football. AJ is not that kind of runner. That TO was. He doesn't have that top end speed. AJ Brown kind of reminds me of of Anquan Bolden with a little bit more speed. Anquan was never known for speed, but the power, be able to stop and start on a dime, out muscle you out, uh, kind of box you out for the for the football in the air. I, I loved watching Anquan Bolden play. Really underrated receiver. I think Brown is almost a little bit better version and Anquan was very, very, very good. A little bit better version of Anquan Bolden uh, and what he did over screw with the Cardinals and obviously the Ravens and you know, being, playing in Super Bowls and winning a Super Bowl with the Ravens. Bolden was a big-time player, and A.J. Brown is a big-time player. What he did yesterday, incredible. All right, let's get to Jalen Hurts here. Um, who who he, And here's the best way I could describe Jalen Hurts and what he's become for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yesterday felt like it wasn't a headline-grabbing day for Jalen Hurts. 29 of 39, 380 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 130.3 passer rating, and, of course, the rushing touchdown. So four touchdowns yesterday for Jalen Hurts. And it feels like he's just stacking performance after performance after performance, whether it was legs against the Packers, his arm against the Steelers, his arm against the Vikings, his arm in this game. He, he's had games this year where he's run it 15 or more times and looked like the best runner between either roster. And he's had games where he looks like one of the best throwing quarterbacks in the NFL. This is the definition of a dual threat star with the Philadelphia Eagles. And as the year has gone on, you know, the perception of Jalen Hurts it has changed. Of course it has. Not everyone. Um, though if you listen to the evening show, you, you know what, what I felt about this quarterback from the minute he took the reins. I, I said the minute they made him in the starter, against New Orleans two years ago, he he's going to be a franchise quarterback. And then I watched him last year, and I said his ceiling is top 10. He could get to a top 10 level. I thought before the season he could be the MVP of the league this year. And I believe in this guy from, from really the jump when the Eagles drafted him and then watching him play and, and kind of going back. And I remember before his first start against the Saints, I I went back and rewatched his game in college uh, against Oklahoma when he was at Baylor. This guy's a winner. He's a winning football player. And his improvement is remarkable as a thrower. It is remarkable. And and here's now the truth about Jalen Hurts. We're watching, and I said last week he's going to become the best quarterback in Eagles history. He's, he's clearly on that path. Here's what he now is, unequivocally in this moment, having the best season of any Eagles player ever. And he's zoomed past Carson Wentz's 2017. The numbers are incredible. So through 12 games. Now, Wentz got hurt in the 13th game of the season in Los Angeles against the Rams. So through 12 games, this is a, the kind of the last line of demarcation before Wentz didn't play any more full games. So so this is kind of our, our perfect snapshot of where they are. We can add Jalen's stats after next week to Wentz after, you know, the three quarters or so he played against the Rams. But right now, through 12 games, 2017 Wentz, 10 wins. 2022 Wentz, uh, Hurts, 11 wins. So advantage Hurts. Completion percentage, 2017 Wentz, 60.7% completion, 2022 Hurts, 68.1%. It's not even close. Passing yards, three three 3,005 for Wentz, 29.40 for Hurts, slight edge to Wentz by 65 yards. Yards per attempt, here's where a significant gap exists. Wentz in 2017, 7.5, Hurts in 2022, 8.2. I mean, that's a big, big gap on the side of Jalen Hurts. Total touchdowns, even. At 29, interception, six for Wentz, three for Hertz. Passer rating, 108.3 for Hertz, 102 for Wentz. Rushing yards, obviously, we know. 609, Hertz, 283 in that season at that point for Carson Wentz. Wentz wins in, Wentz, uh, excuse me, Hertz is the leader in wins. Completion percentage, yards per attempt, fewer interceptions, better passer rating, more rushing yards by by a lot. The only place he tra- he trails by sixty five total yards and he, passing yards, and he's tied in touch hole touchdowns. I, I consider this a route. We we are watching a player that has become better than the peak of the guy he replaced, and we're watching a player that's having the best season in Philadelphia Eagles history. And that's why you know when you when you kind of look at we know Wentz in twenty seventeen was an MVP candidate. Some people believe he would have won if he didn't get hurt. I, I look at it like this. I can't believe right now. I, I, I really, I cannot believe right now that Jalen Hurts is not the MB, MVP favorite across the board in every sports book. I'll, I'll pull up Fanduel Sportsbook right now, and last check early this morning, um, Jalen Hurts was number two in the odds behind Patrick Mahomes. So Jalen Hurts right now, uh, he is a plus one fifty. Patrick Mahomes at plus one twenty five, the favorite. Joe Burrow at eight to one is third. Josh Allen fourth, eleven to one. For the record, that's how that's how I would have the top 4. Um it, it, those four names. I would have those guys in two out, two looked completely overmatched by a big time defense in San Francisco. Lamar's hurt. I mean, you got to go way down for even put anyone else in discussion. Geno Smith is 60 to 1. So for all intents and purposes, we have a four quarterback race for the MVP. Allen belongs last of this group. Too many interceptions, too many choppy, too many choppy moments in the red zone. Allen's to me, number four. I would have Jalen Hurts, number one, Patrick Mahomes, number two, and Joe Burrow has inserted himself into the mix. as Number three, Burrow is my favorite non-Jalen Hurts quarterback. I, I, and Hurts is my favorite, obviously, for a lot of reasons, but I I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. I would take him over Josh Allen. I, everyone fawns over Josh Allen, go win some big games in the playoffs. You know, Burrow's already been to a Super Bowl, and he might go back to another one, and he beat Mahomes again yesterday, which Allen has has had difficulty doing over the years. But Burrow, I have a three. He's, he's inserted himself into the mix. But I have Hurts one, Hurts over Patrick Mahomes. And when you look at the numbers, it doesn't make sense to me why Mahomes is ahead. Okay, we know what with, with the records. 11 and 1 versus 9 and 3. Jalen Hurts is is the leader in that category. Okay. Let's go through some of the other stats. Yes, Patrick Mahomes has more passing yards at Jalen Hurts by and more passing yards by than anyone really, by about uh, eight hundred something. But you gotta also factor in Jalen Hurts' rushing. Right, Jalen Hurts has. I, I would imagine when you throw the rushing yards in there. So Mahomes right now is sitting on third, uh, three thousand eight hundred eight yards. Okay, and thirty touchdowns through the air. Now we throw in his rushing, and we get the numbers to. He's got two rush touchdowns, so thirty-two touchdowns this season for Patrick Mahomes, and he's got about I would say forty-one hundred total yards passing in, and um. And rushing, okay? That's where he is right now. Jalen Hurts, as we know, we just discussed um, where he's at. So we're talking about 32 touchdowns and about 4,100 total yards for Patrick Mahomes, okay? So that number compared to Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts is sitting at about 3,549. So 35 and a half, 3,549 yards total, 29 touchdowns. Uh, So- Mahomes is ahead, I would say, by about 600 combined yards. He is ahead by three total touchdowns. Okay, so that's where he has the advantage. I acknowledge all those things. Yet, that all being said, Patrick Mahomes this season, completion percentage. He is behind Jalen Hurts. Hurts 68-1. Mahomes is 65-7. Mahomes is 15th in the NFL in completion percentage. Interceptions this year. Patrick Mahomes has 8, which puts him... Within the top 10 for most interceptions in the NFL, Jalen Hurts only has three. If we go by passer rating this season, Jalen Hurts has a better passer rating than Patrick Mahomes, 108.3 to 104.9. QBR, the advantage is to Mahomes, uh, 78.5 to Hurts, 69.2. I believe Hurts, with more wins, with a higher completion percentage, with a higher passer rating, and through only three less total touchdowns, should be the MVP frontrunner. He should be number one. I, if I had a vote today, I would, if I had a ballot, I'd go Hurts one, I would go Mahomes two, I would go Burrow three, and Burrow is obviously charging. I believe we're watching the NFL MVP here in Philadelphia. Remarkable season by Jalen Hurts. Also, I don't know if the word is remarkable or it's just it, It's worth noting, it's worth praising, it's worth talking about. Jonathan Gannon. I mean, when are we going to give this guy the credit he deserves? The Eagles defense is is one of the best in pro football. I I don't know how else to say it. I I don't know how else to chop it up. Everyone wants to criticize Jonathan Gannon because you don't like his style. You know what that is? And I'll steal a line from from Colin Coward here. That's a you problem. His style doesn't matter. I've said this for, for years about every sport we watch, whether it's the Sixers, whether it's the Eagles, whether it's the Phillies, Flyers are relevant right now, whatever. The style doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. Running quarterback, throwing quarterback, aggressive defense more of a passive defense four-man rush six-man blitz you know home run hitting team singles hitting team pitching team whatever three-point shooting team rebound the results are what matter now different styles historically will give you different kind of results over time but for for this right now for this season for here for in the moment jonathan gannon's style jonathan gannon's philosophy it is outstanding it works with this personnel, with this group, with this pass rush, with this group of defensive linemen, which is one of the most accomplished defensive line rooms I've ever seen. When you throw the pass rushers in there, you know, the, the the waves they throw at you. I mean, think about those names and what they have here. Jonathan Gannon's team is one of the best defense in the NFL. In fact, right now, the number, and this is before Saints and Bucks play, but neither team's close enough that they could overtake them. The the Eagles are number one in the NFL in yards per play allowed. Number one. And they have the most takeaways. Like, they're not allowing the other team to move the ball per snap compared to every other team. It's the best. And they're taking the ball away. I mean, you go through some of the numbers yesterday and what they accomplished, it's remarkable. So, last year they finished with just 16 takeaways. This year they lead the league with 23. Last year they're 31st in the league at sack rate. This year they're second yesterday you know when they get teams in a third and long which they did i mean they they made Derrick Henry look like a nobody y- yesterday on they had nine third downs against them on defense that have six yards to go or longer so tennessee was in third and six or longer nine times tennessee of 9 on those nine third downs and they were sacked four times that is defensive dominance you know you start looking for the reasons to worry about this team to be you know talk about this you know, this guy's not as good as we think or that that guy I mean, you know no Every time we do that, it just magically washes away. Jonathan Gannon has done an outstanding job. He's a really good defensive coordinator. There's a reason why teams will line up at his door or his office or call him on the phone or whatever, have text him, whatever. He will have head coaching interviews up and down the offseason. As soon as the Eagles are done or wherever the rules are within the postseason, he will have head coaching interviews, and he should. He's a really good coach, and his players respond to him. And Greg Olson, the broadcaster yesterday, you know, talking about how he's one of the brightest coaches they talk to. It, it, there's a reason for all this. There's a reason why broadcasters seem to think he's really smart. Teams seem to think he's really smart. His defense performs at a high level. Maybe it's because he's really good at what he does. Touchdowns allowed after halftime by the Eagles defense last six weeks. Yesterday, zero. Packers had one. Colts, zero. Commanders, zero. Texans, zero. Steelers, Zero. The Eagles haven't allowed. A, they've allowed. Excuse me. They've allowed one touchdown after halftime since the middle of October, and then the Phillies were in the NLDS or NLCS. The last time the Eagles allowed you know multiple touchdowns after halftime, it's it's crazy how good they've been on defense, and and we should start giving Jonathan Gannis some credit for it. All right, let's talk about one thing before I come back to something that is good that uh, we that really frustrated me yesterday um, because it's it's got to change. 13 offensive penalties, 13, all of which were the holding or or pre-snap kind of stuff. Every one of the five offensive linemen were flagged. Um, It's not good. It it really, you know, I, I have been a little bit more critical and a little bit more down on the Eagles offensive line this year compared to other people. I don't know if they've actually played to their reputation. They have these moments. They have these games. Hertz does get a lot of time in the pocket when, when they're doing their thing. and, They've run block well, you know, obviously. But they do have some tough moments. You know, Hertz has been sacked at a top 10 rate in the NFL uh, in terms of per- percentage of, of dropbacks that lead to sacks. And they have a, a too many penalties, whether it's it's bad fumbles by Kelsey once in a while or it's just penalties. And, and they've got to clean it up because y- you start thinking about it, and we'll get to the NFC and where we're at right now. There's only one team that could stop the Eagles from getting to the Super Bowl, and that's the Eagles. It's themselves, whether it be turnovers, whether it be an inability to get off the field on third down like the commander's game, whether it be, you know, shooting themselves in the foot with penalties. Like yesterday, it's pretty hard to do that. It's pretty hard to have as many penalties as they they did and still score 35 points. I mean, you really have to be a dominant football team and have big advantages, you know, in in the personnel departments, you know, compared to your roster versus theirs, to rack up 35 points, to rack up 453 yards despite 13 offensive penalties it is really really hard to do that it doesn't happen very often that they could have that many penalties that many issues a couple sacks a fumble and yet at the end of the day it's like yeah we, we had 453 yards we held the ball for 32 minutes you know we pulled our starters early in the fourth quarter that doesn't happen very often so it goes to how talented they are but they've got to clean it up and if it was one guy, it'd be easy to say, this guy, they didn't think about a replace No, it's all of them, and they're good, right? So we don't, no one wants to take them off the field. i are not going to bench anybody here, but they've got to be smarter. Some of them will ticky tack. The, the referee group yesterday was kind of new with working with each other. Maybe there were some calls there they want back. But bottom line is, pre snap stuff's got to stop. I mean, that, that is concentration, that is, that is reps. It is the one de- fault, I would say, and there's a lot of positives. Of Sirianni giving these guys so much rest during the week, not practicing, not as many reps, feels like they're not always on the same page. And that, that I hope, changes. But I, I give credit to Jordan Mailata. Quote after the game yesterday, wasn't really excited. I mean, he was excited about the win, but you could tell he was frustrated with what his group did. Um, quote, it's unacceptable. We gave up bleeping bleep load of bleeping penalties at some point i was like this is just insane um that's why i'm like yeah we're a good football team are we the best i don't think not even close so and then he went on to say they're talented and all that but you know to end his quote he was frustrated what they did and he he should be hopefully that stuff gets cleaned up all right now i got one frustration out of the way let's get back to an improvement and something we need to I did not give the coaching staff a lot of credit for it. the special teams was better yesterday. Britton Covey was making returns. They were making plays. How about that that tackle on special teams um, where, where they kind of blew up the Titan returner? I thought special teams was really good yesterday. I, mean, I don't think I've said that once this year. So a good special teams day by the Eagles and a cr- credit to the coaching staff when there's been issues, passing game, you know, blocking, you know, whatever the whatever the part of the team is, run defense. They have responded to the criticism over the time of the season. When they've had down moments, down games in a certain area, they seem to bounce back, and they and they seem to figure it out. Think about Week One tackling. Well, and then they got, tackling got better against the Minnesota Vikings after the Lions kind of ran through the Eagles' defense. This week, it was all about the special teams, and they got a lot better. So credit to Michael Clay, credit to the coaching staff. You know, throw, get, throw some Howie credit in there um, for elevating the Ellis kid, the linebacker putting him on the special teams. I think they needed to do something and they did. They changed it. Special teams a lot better. If you tell me right now, Eagles special teams cleans it up and they clean up their penalties. They're going to the super bowl because I don't believe anyone could stop the floor of this offense. Their floor is to score over 20 every week. And on their best days, their cleanest days, they're going to be near 30 or over. And their defense has just playmakers everywhere. Every level. It's an excellent pass rush. They have good linebacker play. And we saw at the end, the company coming on and trying to show some flashes there. So maybe the linebacker plays even deeper than we think their corners are as good as anybody in the NFL. And they have Dante Maddox coming back soon. I thought Blankenship held his own as a death piece with, with Chauncey Gardner Johnson out, he'll come back. The Eagles are, are really the only team that could stop them is themselves. Now we'll end with this. Speaking of the uh, teams that could stop them or the hierarchy of the NFC, let's go through it. So the, Injury to Jimmy Garoppolo totally changes the NFC. It it totally does. I know Shanahan's good, and I think he could, you know he could keep them in the mix with Brock Purdy, even though he's Mister Irrelevant and their, and their third quarterback this year. That's how highly I think of Shanahan. I don't think they're going to lose every game now the rest of the season with that defense. They'll probably win the division. They still make the playoffs and all that. But the idea of Brock Purdy coming to Philadelphia in January and winning a playoff game is it's almost impossible for me to believe. it it, it is. And I feared the Niners. They were the one team I thought on their best day with their experience at quarterback and all those weapons and that defense, I thought they could beat the Eagles. I didn't want to see them. And now I don't feel that way. So this conference is by far the Eagles to lose. Now, there's only one other team that I, that I had any sort of healthy fear about, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. Eagles took care of them. Last time it was Cooper Rush. Now Dak is back. They're playing at a really high level. You know, they've come on the last month and, and you kind of look around and, and some people in the Betting industry believe on a neutral field today, the Dallas Cowboys would be favored. We'll see this game in a couple weeks on, on Christmas day. It is important to know because that game is going to be built very highly. And of course it is Christmas Eve. It's Eagles Cowboys. The Eagles really may not need that game. They, they may not. And I, I think there'll probably be a lot of freak out if they lose, but let's just do the math here. If the Eagles can beat the New York giants. And as we speak here, they're six and a half point favorites over the New York giants in the Coming up here, okay, in week 14. And they beat the Chicago Bears. That puts them at 13 and 1. Let's give them a loss to the Dallas Cowboys, okay? That puts them at 13 and 2. They beat the Saints to go to 13 and 3 into the final week of the season. The Giants are the final game, okay? The Eagles would have them in the last week. If Dallas slips up once, the Eagles win the division before the final game, even with the loss to the Cowboys, because that would be four losses. Um, for the Cowboys and the Eagles would only have two as they go to the final week of the season. If the Cowboys don't slip up, the, the Eagles could win this division by beating the Giants, Bears, Saints, and, and, and Giants again. They don't, you know the Dallas game may not matter as much as we think, but you know regardless, I, I still think the Eagles will find a way to win this division. That game in Dallas, third straight road game, will be tricky. Dallas, they're playing a really high level. But here's why I, I, I'm just not afraid. Number one, if the Eagles can win this division, I believe they will. They'll have the one seat. Dallas will have to go on the road the entire time, which means a potential playoff matchup would be here in Philadelphia. I'm not fearful of Dallas coming to Philadelphia with Mike McCarthy. Prescott has not played as well in the cold in his career on the road. Big games outside, cold like he, you know, a couple picks he had in uh, in Green Bay a couple weeks ago. You know, If the Eagles were tied right now or, or there was a chance they were going to lose the division – Maybe I'd be worried because it would go from number one seed and, and kind of the right path to the Super Bowl to all of a sudden, you know, the five seed. But I don't see that. And, and you know, Dallas also has to go on the road into the wild card run. There's no guarantee they win that kind of game. So it's weird when teams, you know, we're looking at the top two teams in the NFC having being in the same division, Eagles, Cowboys pretty rare that happens once in a while it does pretty rare I think back to a, a Titans Jaguars year 99 it happened where the Titans and Jaguars two best teams within the same division the old AFC Central doesn't happen very often so Dallas will have a tougher path and depending on if there's an upset in the first round they could not see each other until the title game they see each other in the second round which would be a crazy uh, game after a bye in the playoffs but the Eagles two biggest Obstacles to get to the Super Bowl felt to me like the Niners or Cowboys. I thought they might have to play both of them to get to the Super Bowl. Well, now I, I, I'm i not as worried. So yesterday, and, and this, you know, week number thirteen was a big week for the Eagles, and I still put them over the Cowboys. I know how good they've looked. Dax thrown a lot of interceptions. I think the Eagles are a better football team, even if they lose in a couple of weeks, which third straight road game they might. But I, I feel great about this team. The Eagles look and are playing like a championship football team when an MVP quarterback and a really, really, really well-coached defense right now that has waves and waves of talent. A lot to talk about this week on The Evening Show on WIP. Appreciate you guys listening, as always. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?